At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome in. It is the Pro Football Blitz right here on VSAN and VSAN.com, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Brady Cannon live at the Circa Resort and Casino in fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. My partner James Salinas is along via Denver, Colorado, as we get ready to dissect the card in the NFL week eight for the next three hours. James, always good to be in the pro football blitz with you, my friend. And we touched on this a little bit last week. When that final whistle sounds on Monday night at Arrowhead Stadium, we are basically halfway through the season, buddy. It goes so by thinking about how quickly it goes. Maybe it's just because we're getting older. Isn't that what happens, Brady? As you <laughs> get older, time seems to be going shorter. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. We'll have to drink to that after the show. But <laughs> it does. It's. I think that's the thrill of the NFL. We get so excited as it's coming up, and we're waiting for it. And you think about the summer and dragging on through the summer. Can when do we get there? When do we get there? Searching for any kind of NFL news, and we know the NFL is keeps itself relevant when it comes to being newsworthy. 365 days of the year and then we get here and then all of a sudden bam you're right I mean we're into week eight now and I think for us now going forward now we've got a full snapshot of games there's plenty of games that we can go back on we see which teams are are gaining momentum who's who's healthy obviously is a big thing but then we start to really learn the identity of football teams this this far into the season so I think now is when we can really start to put on our handicapping thinking caps and start to get dialed in as we get to the second half of the season Brady I agree with you I mentioned uh, the final whistle blowing at Arrowhead Stadium of course the site for Monday night's game with the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the New York Giants and I wrote an article in VEASAN's digital publication, Point Spread Weekly, comes out every Wednesday. You can check it out at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. And uh, the, the Chiefs are particularly interesting. I talked about how there is such a separation between the good teams and the bad teams in this league, and there are very few average teams. If you look at the NFC, you have the Buccaneers, the Rams, the Packers, the Cardinals, and the Cowboys, and then also probably Minnesota and the New Orleans Saints just a notch below. In the AFC, you have the Chargers, the Ravens, the Bills, and the Bengals, with Cleveland, Las Vegas, Tennessee, and the Colts all looking like contenders, James. And then across the bottom, you have the Lions, the Texans, the Jets, the Panthers, the Giants, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, the Seahawks, the Bears, the Eagles, and Washington. That only leaves the 49ers, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Broncos, and the Falcons as average teams. And you could probably throw the Falcons into that heap of bottom feeders as well. I mean, there is such a chasm between the haves and the have-nots and very few average teams. I'd probably throw the Chiefs into that average category as well. I think we can throw the Denver Broncos into that average category yeah. too. Think yeah, about I put getting them in off there. to a three and zero start. 
Yep. And then being able to, and then you actually see who they play. And I think that's where we get to it's, you know, we can break down statistics. And I think over the course of the season, as you get further into the season, yeah, statistics can matter and they can play a factor into the handicap, but it's also a matter of, yeah, well, let's take those statistics with really who were they playing? How healthy were those teams that they're playing? What were their scheduling situations coming into those? But you talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Brady, and you want to throw the Kansas City Chiefs into that. I mean, most of the top teams that you mentioned all have a star quarterback or a growing quarterback that's looking like potentially being a top-tier caliber QB, except for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, they we know the capabilities of Patrick Mahomes. Now, he's not having a great season this, this year, and I think really it's because he feels like he's having to carry the load and carry the weight of the entire team because the defense – just can't get off the field. They can't drives get sustained. They can't stop anybody. The back door is always open, even though it seems like Kansas City is constantly playing from behind, and they've been large favorites. Now, we've seen them be large favorites last year, weren't covering those numbers, and really just trying to get through those games, be healthy, be the number one seed, get themselves to the Super Bowl, which is exactly what they did, but we also saw a lot of deficiencies on this team, and it's not with Patrick Mahomes. I know he's not having a great season, but he is a great player, but we can start with the defense we talked about that, but also think about the offensive line right now. That offensive line, we saw it in the Super Bowl and what a complete wreck it was for, for Patrick Mahomes running for his life, play after play, drop back after drop back, and I know they completely dismantled that offensive line. They had to. They had to, so many injuries. They had to go forward and make a number of moves, but those moves haven't helped. This offensive line, still, we're only, you know, we're not even quite, we're quite halfway to the to the the midpoint of the season, Brady. But when is that offensive line going to start to gel? When are they going to start to get it together? And when is Kansas City going to start to commit to a running game? And you're going to have to, you know, you're not going to have that balance 50-50 with the Kansas City Chiefs, but you can't have it all completely be on the shoulders of Patrick Mahomes. You're going to get him killed. That's what happened last week. You saw how many times he got tagged last week, got knocked out of the game with the headshot against the Tennessee Titans as well. So, yeah, quarterback is always a key, but it's a full team that you need to put out there, Brady. And beyond that, if you want to keep the great quarterbacks healthy, it starts with the offensive line. I think that's the biggest struggle right now for me with the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, my friend, let's dive into the Sunday card. And sure enough, it starts with one of the haves versus a have-not. And that would be the Buffalo Bills hosting the Miami Dolphins. Miami beat New England to begin the season, and they have lost six in a row since. The Bills are 4-2 and two and off of a bye. They lost their last game on Monday night a couple of weeks ago to the Titans down in Nashville. I made this number 18, James, and it opened up the Bills minus 13 and a half. Buffalo is in the top five of seven of the 10 categories that I look at in one of my sets of stats. Miami is in the bottom five in five of the 10 categories. If there was a game where I was going to lay two touchdowns, James, this would be it. <laughs> that a bit, the, the have-nots for the Miami Dolphins. Can we just take the have out of there and the nots? <laughs> just, just simply a not. This is, I mean, this is... I mean, think about it. This team has been, and there were so much, there's so many, there were some high expectations coming in, at least to be a playoff contender in the AFC, not to be a, a contender to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC, but thinking about how they were able to, to see, saw growth last year with Brian Flores' club, and it's a young club, we know that very young team, offensive line, quarterback, you name it. But man, just can't finish. They can't. They, they, they. Last couple couple games, 
bad teams that they're playing have opportunities to win, so they can't figure out how to win games even when they stay close outside of that first game against New England because they haven't won a game since, losing six straight. But just it's all over the place, whether it's the offensive line, the quarterback position, the defensive side, not getting pressure on the quarterback. I mean, you name it. You've mentioned they're in all these different statistical categories at the bottom for you. I mean, you could look in here and you can see they're one of the last teams in the league on defense, getting off the field, third down, points per game, offensively the same way, can't put points on the board. This is just a not-not team. And now you're going to play a Buffalo Bills team, Brady. They already slacked them earlier in the season. I think it was 35 to nothing down in Miami. And the Bills now have had two weeks. They've had two weeks off since that Monday night game where, yeah, down there fourth and goal or fourth fourth down inside the two-yard line going up and just need to really get a foot and get in the end zone ultimately. And that's where the game ended for the Buffalo Bills losing to Tennessee on that Monday night. Now it's been two weeks. They've had two weeks to stew about their performance in that game. And I think that kind of alludes to some differences that we've seen with the Bills this year offensively when they get into the red zone. Now they lead the NFL in red zone drives. They got 29 drives into that red zone, but they've only scored a touchdown on 55% of those drives. We're seeing a lot more coverage out of teams. Not nearly as many, not not as not, not playing as much man. No, they know full well now Josh Allen, he has the ability to run, so you're going to play more coverage behind, but not putting a lot of fronts up there, dropping a lot of folks back, using the back of the end zone as a, as a defender as well, and I think we're seeing some struggles out of the Buffalo Bills being able to convert those red zone drives. They're playing great between the 20s, but what happens when they get inside the 20s that's the struggle right now for the Buffalo Bills so they've had a couple weeks to work on it one key injury for them at least going into this game maybe it doesn't really matter he'll be back at some point but tight end Dawson Knox really emerged this year as a big red zone target he has five touchdowns receptions he leads the team in touchdown receptions he won't be available for this game he underwent hand surgery but in, in this case Brady I don't think it matters I'm not going to lay 14 points in the NFL but you're right if I'm looking at trying to play a side there's only one side I'd get engaged with and it would be the Buffalo side yeah you talk about their inefficiency in the red zone ranked 26th in the league in red zone offense. We talk about the Dolphins and how poor they are in so many categories. 28th in yards per play on offense at just 4.9 yards per play. 26th on yards per play allowed on defense. 31st in third down defense. 27th in defensive passer rating. 28th in total DVOA. And they're not putting pressure on the quarterback as well. Less than two sacks per game. 28th in the league in that category. The Bills have been a team you can lay points with successfully, James, over the last three seasons against teams with records of 500 or worse. Buffalo is 17-3 and straight up, 13-6-1 against the spread, including 3-0 and straight up and against the spread this year. I did end up using Buffalo in a teaser. I took it down to an even seven points. I had to go with a six-and-a-half-point teaser to get it to the even seven. I didn't really want to mess around with seven-and-a-half just to be safe. So I went with a six-and-a-half-point teaser, took Buffalo down to seven. But I tell you what, I really do think there's a good chance they cover the actual number. Again, it was 13-and-a-half, now up to 14. I think they could cover. You talk about covering the number for four quarters. They could cover that in the first half. I think that's where this thing about how they performed two weeks ago at Tennessee, a lot of things to correct and clean up and got to be kicking themselves for. Uh, I, don't, I don't fault them for that decision to go for it on fourth down. But no, I don't call, either. I think that's where it's it's a matter of you got to establish them. And I know they've had some good rushing, but Josh Allen has really been the, the threat for rushing the football. Uh, just line up, go heavy, 
bang on the Tennessee Titans. If there's one team that you can run the football with, especially short yardage, it is against the Tennessee Titans. It's just the play call for me. So they've had two weeks to stew on that. They know it's, it's regardless it's a division game. They've already beat up on Miami once. I think they definitely do it again. So, yeah, covering that number from the teaser standpoint. But here, even the 14, I could see myself laying it, but I don't know if I'm going to actually bet it. And you look at the coaching mismatch, too. You know, the first couple years in the league, I think all of us were really impressed with Brian Flores running the show there at Miami. He really started to turn things around for that team this year. Boy, he just looks absolutely lost. And then on the other sideline, you have Sean McDermott, who I think is absolutely one of the best in the business. When we come back, we'll get to game number two on the rotation. The Carolina Panthers, they've lost four in a row. They're going to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. We'll be right back on the Pro Football Blitz right here at VSIN. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The Sports Betting National Championship is coming up November 5th through the 7th, and VSIN will provide coverage from the main event all weekend long. I'll be there, including live on-location updates for all the action. Visit vcin.com slash sbnc for more information and learn how you can enter for a chance to test your skills and win cash, including the $1 million top prize. That's vcin.com slash sbnc. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you back inside the Pro Football Blitz. And James, the Carolina Panthers, they have lost four straight since starting the season on a 3-0 and run. The Atlanta Falcons, they have won three out of their last four games, and it really, really should be four in a row. They lost to Washington in week four, and it was quite a fluky ending to that game. So the Falcons have kind of turned things around here. The numbers are still not very good for this team, but we have seen them pull this trick in the past where they start out really awful and then they turn it around kind of after their bye week type of thing, and maybe they are going to uh, do that again once again this year. Like I say, having won three out of their last four, we do need to remind ourselves, however, the Falcons, their three wins, James, have come against the Giants, the Jets, and the Dolphins. Now, I made this line here, Falcons by one and a half, it opened up two and a half. It was quickly bet up to Atlanta minus three. What are your thoughts here? Do the do the uh, Atlanta Falcons keep it rolling, or does Carolina end its skid? Brady, if we want to compare who's beaten who, well, let's look at the Carolina Panthers. Got off to a three and zero start. They beat the New York Jets, the Houston Texans, and they caught. New Orleans in really a tough scheduling spot second week of the season when New Orleans had to go on the road. They were living in Texas because of of the hurricane that was going through their city. They were living in Texas, had to travel and play in Jacksonville, completely throttled and thrashed the Green Bay Packers. Complete flat spot effort for this the Saints in that matchup. Well, outside of those three teams, it's been a one-way street the opposite way going south of the Carolina Panthers, and it was as far south as you could go last week going into the new, to, to play the New York Giants. It was a 5-3 to three game at the half. And that's where it stood. They scored three points against the New York Giants, a beat-up, banged-up New York Giants team that was already having their own issues in their locker room, in the sideline, in the front office, in the stands. 
and you put up three points against the New York Giants, that's what you could muster, Sam Darnold, and Sam Darnold got pulled. I mean, he got pulled in, in that second half, and they it's not going to be going back to P.J. Walker. He can't play. He's definitely a back. I'm surprised he's even in this league. He looked completely rattled back there playing against the Giants in that second half. But where do the Carolina Panthers go, Brady? Where are they going to go with Sam Darnold? He's thrown seven interceptions in the la- in those four losses, sacked 15 times during that losing streak as well. I know it's not a great offensive line, but a lot of that is he's holding on the football too long. He's still trying to figure out what the read is. And guys, you can only have so many seconds back there. I don't care how bad you're, all- how, how what how what team you're playing against, Brady. You can't hold the ball that long. And Sam Darnold now is reverting back to the Sam Darnold that we've seen with the New York Jets in the past. Where's his confidence level? That's what I'm looking at right here. I don't know if he's got any confidence at this point. He went back to the House of Horrors there at MetLife Stadium where he played as a Jet for those first few years of his career, and it looked just like the same days when he was wearing the green and white. I don't know where his confidence level is right now. There's rumors about the the Panthers looking into Deshaun Watson. Now this team's going to have to go on the road, and yeah, it's an Atlanta Falcons team, not a great defense, but you mentioned Matt Ryan. This offense now with Arthur Smith trying to find its way. They've gone 3-1 and one since that 0-2 start to at the beginning of the season, and Matt Ryan is figuring it out now. We've seen Kyle Pitts, rookie tight end, getting involved in the offense, starting to flourish the last couple weeks now. Ridley will be back and healthy for this game, and Matt Ryan in that 3-1 and one start is thrown for 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns, and just one interception. So it just seems kind of short short here I don't want anything to do with the Carolina Panthers where not only where they're struggling on offense we know Christian McCaffrey's not going to be out there either but more so the psyche of this team where is is there any leadership on this team on the field or on the sidelines wearing the headsets right now I don't feel it I don't see it I don't want any part of the Carolina Panthers so if I'm betting this game it's going to be Atlanta Falcons or nothing for me yeah, you know, uh, I thought I was watching the World Series last week with the Giants and the Panthers in that 5-3 to three <laughs> game. Uh, it seemed like it was like that for a while, and then all of a sudden uh, in the second half, the Giants started putting their foot down and ended up winning that one 25-3. Interesting to note that the Falcons seem to struggle with putting together a winning streak, especially against the number. Matt Ryan, as their quarterback, Atlanta is 7-8 and eight straight up and 3-12 and 12 against the spread as home favorites off of consecutive straight up and against the spread wins. And that may be related to the line getting a little bit inflated when we see this team have some success and win a couple games in the row in a row. I do believe this line is a little bit high. And despite the Panthers troubles, and you make all very good points about Sam Darnold, maybe the benching kind of wakes him up and he responds a little bit this week. But this team's defensive numbers are still really good, James. Uh, Despite four losses in a row, they are third in yards allowed per play, third in third down defense, 12th in defensive passer rating, and seventh in sacks at over two and a half per game. Yeah, I like what we've seen out of the defense, but the defense, you saw them last week completely wear down. I remember that game because I had the team total for the Giants going under 20 and a half points in that game. You're sitting there at five to three. Yeah, you gave up two points because of the defense getting sacked, or I think it was a a, um, holding call or grounding in the end zone by Sam Darnold, I believe is what it was. But ultimately, the defense has been trying to carry this team and keep them competitive for the during this four-game losing streak, but they're not that great of a defense, and I think they're starting to wear down. We definitely saw that against the New York Giants last week where – 
defense is finally, and I saw the body language with it when it was fourth and uh, fourth and long around their own twenty yard line in the fourth quarter, and they go for it. They they couldn't get a first down, of course, and now they turn the ball over on downs, and it was a nineteen yard scamper right the next play for the Giants to get in the end zone. You saw it. There was no effort left in the Carolina Panthers. I think my only concern would be with the Panthers. I like what we've seen. It's a very young defense. It's one of the youngest defenses in the league, if not the youngest defense. Eight draft picks. All the draft picks last year went to the defensive side. I'm just not really sure where the leadership is on on this team on either side of the football. I think about that defense being so young right now to say we're going to we're going to rally it. We're going to get it out there. We're going to get after it here going into Atlanta on the road. It's just not a team that I trust more so because of the psyche of this team and Sam Darnold, you know, if it's a wake up call, well, he turned the alarm clock on. Where was that last week when you needed to show up and go back and really exercise your demons for playing so poorly as a New York Jet in MetLife Stadium? Looked like he folded under the pressure. He's just not a player right now that I trust to be able to write himself psychologically to go out there and say, I'm going to put my money on you. I'm betting on Sam Darnold this week. Not for me. Philadelphia is at Detroit. The Eagles come off of a thrashing by the Las Vegas Raiders last week here in Las Vegas. 33-22, to your final and all but seven of those Philly points came in garbage time in the fourth quarter. Detroit put up a heck of an effort against the Los Angeles Rams last week. They tried everything, two fake punts, one onside kick. They were all successfully executed. But in the end, they cover the number, but they do lose the game. The Lions are now 0-7 on the season. The Eagles are 2-5, and James, and they're tied for second place in the NFC East. The Giants, Washington, and the Eagles <laughs> all at two and five on the year. And it's funny, I made this line of pick them because I just couldn't make either team a favorite in this game. As it turns out, the Eagles open up as three-point favorites, uh, up to three and a half in some spots now. Um, I couldn't get there earlier in the week, but uh, I may end up with a play later on here on one side or the other. How does this game shape up for you? You talk about making numbers and making it a pick Can we do a three-way line to say that this game's just going to end in a tie and at least Detroit can uh, yeah, not a draw. have to get an what, L this week? What's the price week? on the draw? Let's do it. Let's get a draw. <laughs> let's, let's, let's just do the draw, and you know how I am. If I have to bet it, i got to watch it. I really don't know if I want to watch it. Although watching the Lions, yeah, we know they're devoid of talent. It is a very thin roster, especially on the defensive side, but they are playing hard, and Dan Campbell, that he he's coaching like he played. He was that tough guy tied in back in the day and that's what he's bringing to the to, that's what the expectation is you're building a culture there and there's going to be no excuses I don't care who's hurt I don't care what our roster looks like we're professionals we're going to step out for 60 minutes and compete now heart can take you so far in the NFL but you still have to be able to make plays and just another heartbreaking loss for golf going down getting inside the red zone opportunity to take the lead late in the fourth quarter and has Aaron Donald in his face and forces a throw in the middle of the end zone for the the game basically the game ending pick in a sense and uh, but where is Philadelphia where are we getting off with Philadelphia going on on the road and I get it's a winless team with the Detroit Lions but I'll I'll take the Lions over some of these other teams that have wins like the Jets like the Jaguars I like what we've seen out of the Lions so far and on the other side with the Philadelphia Eagles yeah complete they First drive of the game against the Raiders last week, went down and scored seven, never scored again until garbage time, and that's what we're seeing out of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is really just, he's a one-read quarterback, and then he's going to tuck it and run, and that's what he is. He's their leading rusher. They don't have any balance. Miles Sanders won't be in this game for the Philadelphia Eagles, but I don't think it matters because it's all just Hurts. See, if that read's not there, he's just going to put it on the ground and run, and maybe if we want a botany class, we can listen to Coach Nick Sirianni tell us how to grow flowers as a, as a team, <laughs> but I think here, I'll take the guy 
side that's getting his team to go bite kneecaps there with Dan Campbell, get the Lions at home plus three and a half. At least I know that the Lions are going to compete for 60 minutes. I'll take the Lions plus the three and a half at home. You know, when I did uh, dig deeper into my numbers, I told you I made the line pick them originally. I did dig deeper, and it does come out that Philly should be a deserved favorite in this game. And I think it's also interesting to note that there's a large percentage of tickets on the underdog here. I wonder if this is becoming a public dog. We'll dive into that a little further when we talk contests. Coming up in hour number two with Derek Stevens and Jeffrey Benson. Next up, it's consider it, book it, or drop it right here on the Pro Football Blitz. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you, diving into the Week 8 card in the NFL. And it has come to that time in the show, everybody's favorite game show. Consider it, book it, or drop it. All right, consider it, book it, or drop it. I will read off a player's stat line, and James will try and guess who the mystery player is. I will reveal the mystery player, and then we will decide uh, per their odds if we want to consider making a bet, booking a bet, or completely dropping a bet on this particular player. And this week we are doing Defensive Rookie of the Year. And we've got a few players here we're going to sort through, see if one is worthy of a bet. Through six games, this is player number one, James, through six games so far this year, this player has accumulated 20 tackles. Four of those have been for a loss, three sacks so far in the season. He also has one interception against Patrick Mahomes. He was a first-round draft pick. His dominant college performance has carried over into the NFL as his team ranks number one in defense, allowing only 16.2 points per game. On August 16th, his odds to win Defensive Rookie of the Year were 23-1. to He is now 10-1 to to win Defensive Rookie of the Year at DraftKings. Who is this mystery player, Mr. Salinas? But you said they he got he inter, he had an interception off of Patrick Mahomes. Thinking, wow, there's an opportunity. But who hasn't had an interception off Patrick Mahomes <laughs> right. so far this year? That Mr. one Guy didn't Smiley. Di- that um, one didn't separate him. Now through no, six games, so no. obviously a team with a bye. They lead the def- uh, the NFL in points allowed per game at just sixteen point two. That's the Buffalo Bills. This is defensive end Gregory Rousseau. Again, Greg now Rousseau. down to ten to yeah. one uh, to win defensive rookie of the year. Greg Rousseau, I mean, I think thinking about the position he plays and he's going to be he's an edge rusher, so he's going to be able to make some splash plays and getting involved. I think the thing with the Bills is that maybe with Rousseau being able to get the splash plays like he does because the Bills are going to be ahead in so many games and thinking about the the division that they're in, the schedule that they're going to play. We know the Bills are going to put up points, which means other teams are, if you had any intention of running the football at the Buffalo Bills and you start to fall behind with that offense that Buffalo is going to continue to pound on or throw it your way for four quarters, you're going to may have to scrap it and drop back and throw, 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 trust to try to keep up offensively with the Bills. So maybe that's something to book it. I, th- I think if you're thinking about Greg Estro and more so the defense there, 
it's kind of a no-name defense, really, for the Buffalo Bills. I can think, you know, I, I think when I think of the Buffalo Bills, you can think of Matt Milano as really like a strong safety. I think of the secondary more so than any of their front-line players when it comes to impactful plays behind the line of scrimmage or getting tackles for loss or, or splash plays, getting sacks. So, yeah, the fact that you're going to be able to, to uh, pin your ears back and get after it, Mr. Greg Rousseau, I think from uh, that's a kid from Miami, right? Yeah, so I think. Maybe that we could consider. I'm not going to book it by any means, but I definitely would consider it. Yeah, I'm with you, and I think it goes a long way. You know how these awards work. Uh, typically, or oftentimes, they are handed out to a team that is very successful. We know how good that Bills defense is right now, so I don't see Greg Rousseau. His odds are probably only going to go down further from 10 to 1 if he continues uh, the way he has played so far for the, uh, through the first six games. All right, player number two here. Uh, seven games uh, for this player. He has accumulated 21 tackles. Five of those have been for a loss. Has five and a half sacks on the year with one forced fumble. He was a second-round draft pick, and opposing QBs need to be aware of his presence at all times. However, his defense has struggled, allowing almost 26 points per game this season, which is 23rd in the NFL. On August 16th, he was 16-1 to to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. He has now also dropped down to 10-1 to at DraftKings, James. This is a linebacker. I'll give you another little hint there. A linebacker with one of the worst-ranked defenses, 26 points per game that we're talking about here with the – are we talking about the Aziz Olujari? There you got it. Nice one. Yes, absolutely. The rookie linebacker. Did I pronounce for, that correctly? I think you got that too. <laughs> the rookie linebacker for the <laughs> New York Giants. Um, and this kind of goes to our argument, you know, for Gregory Rousseau, I would probably go against Ojulari because, you know, his team's pretty bad. And the defense is pretty bad. So I think it's hard to kind of, uh, you know, put lipstick on a pig, if you will, in the case for this guy winning defensive rookie of the year. And especially I'll drop it just for the sake for me, Brady. I'm not going to go to the window and embarrass myself (laughs) to say, hey, I want to fire I'm for defensive rookie of the year. I want uh, Brady. What was that guy's name again? Can you spell it out phonetically for me? Uh, But I I think you're right. I, I think for the New York Giants, it, Good performance last week. You were playing against Sam Darnold in that Carolina offense that really it's now a big question. We talked about it the last segment of big question marks for the the mindset of the Carolina Panthers offensively. But, yeah, the the Giants are going to be in games where it, it's, it's, it's just a bad foot. To me, it's a Giants team, too, that, yeah, I know they had a big win last week, but it's not a team that I trust. Now you're going to go on the road and have to go at Kansas City. I guess there's potential for splash plays right there for Ojulari getting after Patrick Mahomes, being able, maybe he'll be the next one to get a, a rookie interception off of Patrick Mahomes since he's been spreading the wealth so far this season with nine picks but yeah not one that I'm gonna I'm gonna drop that one just like I said I think with like you mentioned Brady the the defense there for the Giants poor defense who's gonna shine out of there you're gonna have to make a really big impact in the second half to even be considered for that so drop it for me I'm with you uh considering Gregory Rousseau and dropping Ojulari all right player number three here this team is currently on a bye but they have played seven games Uh, This player has 14 tackles. Three of those have been for a loss. He also has three sacks, two forced fumbles, and he recovered one of those. He was a late first-round draft pick. He inserted himself into the middle of the pack of the defense that is currently allowing just over 23 points per game and ranking in the middle of the pack of the NFL at 16th. 
On August 16th, this player was around 19 to 1 to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. He is now plus 750 at DraftKings. You mentioned they have a bye. Well, there's only two teams that have a bye this week. It's the Las Vegas Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know if there's anybody. There's no rookie impacts on the Vegas side. So looking at linebacker, and I think about that Raiders game because we're talking about Oway. I hope I yes, pronounced indeed. his Odafe Oway as yeah. well. We, and I, Penn State. we talked about some splash plays. We, we did, and we saw some splash plays out of him in that Raiders game on Monday night and definitely that Kansas City game against Patrick Mahomes. Did he cause that late turnover? I forget. Did he get his hand on the football? I think against, that was uh, him, yes. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Wasn't it? he knocked one that punched it out from Clyde yeah. Edwards-Hilaire? Basically sealed the game for the Ravens. So, yeah, we've seen, we've at least early in the season, we saw some splash plays, and I think for the Ravens, they're going to be in contention. We know that they're, yeah, they needed a bye week after just the the gauntlet of of games that they went through prior to last week where it was just they I think they just completely wore down that second half against the the Cincinnati Bengals from an emotional standpoint here but yeah I think we could consider that I like the defense we know that they're going to be aggressive with with defensive coordinator Wink Martindale and finding your best athletes and Oway is definitely one of those to be able to get in there and make some big splash plays tackle for losses those types of things so I think we could consider that I'm absolutely with you. And, you know, the Ravens are always a team that kind of features their defense, it seems. They've had a history of defensive success for a long time now. So they could possibly have a spotlight more so than maybe the Buffalo Bills on the defensive side of the ball. I think Oway is certainly a candidate you have to consider there. All right, player number four here. In six games, this team uh, is coming off of a bye here in week eight. In six games, this player has accumulated 31 tackles, Three of those have been for a loss with two and a half sacks. He was drafted in the first round into a defense that really needed a lot of help. They're currently allowing over 24 points per game. They ranked 20th in the NFL. On August 16th, this player was a short shot to win the award at plus 550. He is now the favorite at plus 225 to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Oh, gosh. We're talking... I hope I get a parting gift. Uh, I'll just uh, Micah Parsons. You got it, Micah Parsons. Indeed, Dallas Cowboys. So no parting gift then. I guess the parting gift would be: Do we want to consider? It? I I think I'm not. I I think I'll drop that just because the number is so short. What do you say? Two plus two two and a quarter. Yeah, I think that's just too short right now for because what's going to happen now when the when DeMarcus Lawrence comes back because Parsons has really filled that role and it's not what he wants to play. He's not really that edge rusher there, but when Lawrence comes back, does he go back to, he'll go back to the linebacker position. Now, does that take him out of opportunities to make some of those bigger tackle for losses and, and force fumbles and sacks, those types of things? I'm not really sure, but I think from that standpoint, uh, his number's too short for me, so I'll drop it. No, I'm completely with you. Uh, The number is too short. I was very impressed with Micah Parsons uh, in the preseason. Definitely made some splash plays early and let it be known that he was ready for this league. But uh, I kind of like Oway. Out of all those four players we looked at, I kind of like Oway for the Baltimore Ravens. I want to encourage people to make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming Daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to vsin.com data and analysis. You get everything vsin has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you inside the Pro Football Blitz. We'll be back 
with more previews of the Sunday card week eight in the NFL right here on VSIN. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have some great news for our Colorado-based VSIN fans. James, that includes you. We've partnered with Altitude Sports Radio, and starting Monday, all your favorite VSIN shows, including this one, can be heard live on Altitude Radio 950 AM in Denver. We're really excited about this partnership that brings VSIN to a great sports city with a growing audience for sports bettors. Tune in to hear all VSIN shows live on Altitude Radio 950 AM in Denver, Colorado starting on Monday. That is really cool news, James. I'm sure you're very familiar with that station. Absolutely. It's the Altitude Station here that broadcasts the Nuggets games, the Avalanche games, a lot of Denver personalities on there. Mark Mosier does the Avs, guy I played poker with in the past. Um, uh, yeah, Vic Lombardi, who's a North Starter like me, just up the street here in, in North Denver. So, yeah, it's, that's exciting. It's great to know that, that Visa not only is expanding, we're getting into to people's homes through their radio or, or through their cars, getting on the, on the radio and being able to simulcast. Because I think here, Brady, we're talking about sports betting now, being legalized here for about a year and a half here in Colorado. We're just scratching the surface of what sports betting potential can be for Denver as well as Denver sports as well as all of across the nation with all the top sports that we have because we have all the professional franchises here. Absolutely. Like uh, the promo says, they're a great sports city indeed. Altitude 950 a.m. on Monday. Picking up VEASAN. All right, the Tennessee Titans are on the division road to face the Indianapolis Colts. It's first place against second place here in the AFC South. The Titans are at 5-2. and two. The Colts are at 3-4, and four, trying to get back to 500. We've seen a great deal of line movement in this game throughout the week, James. I made the Colts a one-point favorite, and that's where it opened. And then it immediately went to Tennessee minus one or one-and-a-half. And then back the other way once again uh, towards the Colts. Currently, we are at Indianapolis favored by two and a half uh, over the Tennessee Titans with a total of 51. Where do you stand on this one that's been flip-flopping all week long? I stayed away from the flip-flop. I stayed away from the side. I'm playing the total. I played the uh, the total under 51. And this is it's a division game. Now, it's interesting that this is going to be the last division game, these two two games a year, and this is it. We're going into week eight, and these are the two powerhouses. I guess we can call them powerhouses. Let's just call it that in the AFC South because it's all relative considering the other two teams are the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans fighting for last place in the AFC South. So the division was going to come down to these two games, these two teams, and now we're going to finalize where this is. So it's a huge game, especially for the Indianapolis Colts. They know here their division, pretty much their division, the hopes are lost if they lose this football game because they'll fall three games back of the Tennessee Titans. And ultimately, it's really like four games back because they will have lost the head-to-head tiebreak because they had lost earlier in the season at Tennessee. Well, this is going to be, to me, It's when we get – to this point, big division games like this, especially when it's the two contenders within that division, these teams know each other inside and out. We know what the identity is of the Tennessee Titans. As regardless of who the offensive coordinator is there, anytime you have Derrick Henry in the backfield, you are going to feed Henry, and that's what's been happening. He's been as great as advertised what we've seen the last couple years running the football. No difference here, and he's hammered the ten- or the Indianapolis Colts the last four games. He's topped 100 yards in each of the last four games, averaging 135 
75 yards on the ground against the Colts defense. And the Colts are running the football themselves. We're seeing the emergence of Jonathan Taylor the last few games. He's coming off back-to-back 100-yard rushing games. So I think this is going to be a battle of wills here. Which team is going to be – I think both teams are going to try to establish the run. Which team is going to be able to try to bottle up the run? I think that's the bigger piece here. I'd kind of lean towards the Colts. I like that defensive side better than what I do with the Tennessee Titans. But here in this matchup, I just I think it's, it's going to be a, a slugfest, a grind fest. Both teams establishing the run, trying to get some play action going off that run, get some, get some easier throws. We know Tannehill likes to get outside of that pocket and run the boot action. Uh, not so much with Carson Wentz. I think we saw the offense last week. It was a complete downpour. It was pretty much just throw it up, throw it up high, and and let the wind take it, and let the uh, officials throw a flag for you in your uh, on your side, so you can get some PIs going your way. But ultimately, I think that's where I'm landing, and that's what I've bit under 51 points in this game. I think it's going to be a slugfest on both sides. That clock, I think it's going to be a quick game because that clock is going to run. Both teams are going to throw high percentage throws, and we know they're going to run the football, so not a lot of stoppage of the clock. Under 51 points here. I think that's where I'm going to land, and that's what I've done. The Colts have been a hot team as of late. They've won and covered three of their last four games, but let's keep in mind, though, Indy's three wins this season have come against the Dolphins, the Texans, and the 49ers. The combined record of those three teams is just 4-16. and 16. Meanwhile, Tennessee has beaten up on Seattle with Russell Wilson in the lineup, Buffalo, Kansas City, and the Colts earlier this season by nine points down in Nashville. I tease Tennessee up to plus eight and a half here, James, and kind of to your point where you see this being a game of two teams trying to establish the run, that clock is going to go tick, tick, tick. I think it'll be a one-score game. I kind of like either team here catching better than a touchdown on a teaser. Yeah, you're sitting at eight, eight and a half points. That's a great number there. Get through, the, obviously, the seven and the eight to to where I agree. I think it's going to be a tight game, a close game. That's why I'm more so leaning just towards that under to play as opposed to the side because I just I think for the Colts, they're, in effect, they're potentially their season's on the line here. I think the only way that either of these teams, it, whoever represents the AFC South in the playoffs, that's probably the only team that's going to make it in the playoffs. So I think for the Colts, their play lives are on the line here. I think we'll see a desperate effort out of the Colts, and I was pretty impressed with their commitment to how physical they were last week in that game against San Francisco. And I know the 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 weather situation really dictated the fact that you're going to have to run the football, but I think now young Jonathan Taylor is finding his way. We've seen the offensive line starting to get healthier. Quentin Nelson has come back the last couple weeks, and kind of coincidence, I guess, Brady, Quentin Nelson's been back the last two weeks. And Jonathan Taylor rushes over for over 100 yards the last two weeks. So start to find their identity again. That was the strength of the team coming into the season before all the injuries was on that offensive line. Well, they're starting to get healthier there again. And I think that's where, yeah, I'm, I, can, I can see why the, the game is flip-flopped. I can go either side. But I like your side there with the Tennessee Titans in that teaser getting eight and a half. Yeah, and I think Braden Smith, uh, I, I can't remember if he was back last game against San Francisco, but I think he is supposed to be back this week against the Tennessee Titans, also beefing up that offensive line. For the second straight week, James, the Los Angeles Rams are favored by two touchdowns, at least. They got the win, but not the cover over the Detroit Lions at home last week. The Houston Texans are this week's big underdog opponent. Houston was catching over 20 points in the other desert last week. They still did not come inside the number as Arizona took that one. And 
James, normally when we see numbers like this, it's worth taking a stab on the dog, but not so, not so much this season. We talked about it in the opening of the show, the haves and the have-nots. There's really good teams and there's really poor teams, and that's really what we have in this matchup here between the Los Angeles Rams and the Houston Texans. Yeah, I think for the Rams, they can name their score if they show up and, and want to perform for 60 minutes. And we just kind of, we've seen that out of the Rams sometimes where yeah you're playing you're playing Tampa Bay and they're fired up and they're going to get after it they're going to get they're going to go and compete same thing they play a divisional game against the Seattle go play Seattle up in the northwest and they come and be ready to play well they kind of just they weren't really focused in that game i know Jared Goff coming back maybe that's some incentive there but really truly this was a game for the rams they had put it all on the line the week before throttling the new york giants and maybe sometimes you get on the road and that's a better place to be when you're that bigger favorite i don't like laying big favorites whether you're at home or on the road but think about the rams where they came off their bye they were not a not a double digit favorite i don't believe or against the the giants i think they were nine and then it really ticked down a lot a lot of money came in again for the giants in that favor and they completely thrashed New York on the road sometimes you have better focus when you're away from home as opposed to playing at home as that big favorite a lot more distractions for a team like Los Angeles that's kind of just going through the motion they've this is their soft spot in the schedule they just got off two weeks ago playing the Giants last week against the Detroit Lions now you cruise down and play the worst team in the league or at least one of the worst teams in the league you're talking about the Houston Texans here Brady Maybe it's better that they're on the road to stay focused. I think they can name their score. I can't play. I'd love the big numbers at home with those home dogs, but not me. I can't play the Texans in this spot. I made the Rams a 16-and-a-half-point favorite, and when I dove deeper into my numbers, I come up with 14 or 15. So it's right there basically where I thought it would be. I cannot find an edge in this game either way. And, you know, even if I had a big edge, James, I don't think I'm ready to run to the window with the Houston Texans. I mean, I know you've been on them a couple of times, and and that's what I talked about earlier in this segment. You know, there is that tendency to look at a big dog like that and say, hey, normally it's worth a stab, but it's just not the case this year. These these big underdogs, most of them are failing. And Houston, I mean, boy, five points last week. That was brutal. Yeah, the defense almost outscored the offense last week they have, <laughs> and the week before three points against the Indianapolis Colts. So they've mustered the last two weeks with David Mills as the and rookie struggles because it's such a bad team. Six points total the last two weeks offensively. Just not a team. The back door is always open with those big covers if you can get a quarterback to make some throws late. But this is not a team that I trust. I don't care. Backdoor lover cover here. No thanks. Not me. Not with this bad offense for the Texans. A complete pass. If Tyrod Taylor was back in the lineup and the line was the same, maybe you'd think about it. But Davis Mills will get the start for the Houston Texans. We'll come back with Derek Stevens and Jeffrey Benson. Time to reveal the consensus plays from Circus Sports right here on v 